Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live in the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we are a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to go and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have attorney Anthony Bandiero. So thanks for being on the show. It's been a while. Welcome back. Also, Captain Brett Bartlett. So appreciate having you guys on the show. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP. Gauls, we have globalordinance.com, gunlearn.com, imedicare.live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. You know, it's hard to find Bang on the shelves. There's still ways to get it through Amazon and through the, uh, the uh, you know, the Bang website. They're going through some changes at Bang, but they haven't gone anywhere. So I'm drinking the original sweet iced tea. So thanks to Bang for the fuel. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to uh, the Free Press with Brian Burns at Tampa FP or tampafreepress.com. Check them out. And Ray Dietrich of Red Voice Media. We're streaming to eight locations. No, YouTube is not one of those, but we've been, we replaced YouTube with, thank God, Rumble at rumble.com. So we're streaming to eight locations, though. Rumble is one of those, but three of those belong to Red Voice Media, and those three Facebook pages alone have about one million followers. So thanks to Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, for helping make that happen. So, guys, I know I always say it. We do have a great lineup. We've got actually two producers today. We have producer Jimmy and producer Dave from yesterday. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, Jimmy. Don't worry. I'm running the board today. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy had a migraine yesterday. So yeah, we, uh, and, and you know, and poor, and poor producer Dave, you know, he was thrown, he was thrown to the wolves, man. Yeah, and, uh, him right in the hot seat. He'd never done this before. So my apologies. I, I, I so, simply couldn't even think yesterday, but, but we're back and, and relatively okay. Teaching the new guy how to do it. But producer Dave has got a, a corrections background. So we got to cut him some slack because, you know, he's dealt with a lot of, a lot of crap. That the rest of us haven't had to deal with. So we appreciate that. So, um, so moving along, let's see what we got. Our very first uh, main topic that we're going to talk about, which has a tendency to be a little bit deeper. And this is on police one. Here's the title. Listen to the title of this article. Where did all the old cops go with a question mark? That's an interesting question. So where are they going with this? I will tell you it's written by Kathleen Diaz, a interesting article. So it talks about the salty silverback is a staple of cop pop culture. He's Murphy and Fort Apache, the Bronx, showing the the young and how to disarm a frequent flyer before de-escalation was a buzzword. And then he's also Art Mullen in Justified, keeping a lid on an office full of deputies with impulse control issues. And he's John Cooper in Southland, teaching the rookie everything that he knows about surviving the greatest show on earth. He's the icon sergeant, uh, Esterhaus. I, I used to watch Hill Street Blues, but I can't remember how to pronounce the guy's name. Admonishing the troops to be careful out there. Oh, I guess right at the roll call, at the end of roll call. The elder officer, personal advice, a sound judgment, and a hard-won perspective in chaotic career field. A composed presence showing newer officers that they don't need to learn their jobs by making every mistake in person. But in real life, the seasoned officer is an endangered species, and the decisions that displace gray hair uh, they catalyze the brain drain threatening the future of policing in the U.S. It kind of sounds like Brett's, uh, you know, joke about uh, bad guys, you know, getting shot, bleeding third grade all over the sidewalk. Right. So calls to run government agencies like businesses began in earnest in the 1980s, leading to changes in the way budgets are being administered and positions, how they're being evaluated. And let's look at the damage that just two of these changes have wrought. So and the author talks about civilianizing positions in law enforcement and then retirement changes. And by retirement changes, talks about slashing retirement benefits, increasing the retirement ages, and also abolishing pensions entirely. Now, there's still some pensions out there, uh, but that's what she talks about. So in closing, in the case of police retirements and reclassifications, they were looking so intently at one business principle that they forgot another one. Relative value is calculated in part 
by looking at the potential cost of replacing what you already have. So cities and states undervalued police experience and institutional knowledge, and now they're chasing the replacement for what has been lost without success. Everybody makes mistakes. It's just that the stakes are higher when cops are the people making the mistakes. That makes a deep well of institutional knowledge in the form of officers with decades on the job one of the most valuable resources a new officer has access to, yet fewer and fewer new officers can have it. So interesting article. Curious what you guys think. Right, start us off, Captain. You know, back when uh, I had four years on, and only four years, they approached me to be an FTO, and I, I hesitated. I said, you know, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time on the street being the FTO. And then as years went by, uh, they had FTOs that had one and two and three years on. And, and no kidding, no kidding that the institutional knowledge got washed away because there's nothing more powerful to the, to the interest of criminal justice than a good, long-term, mature, smart street cop. I remember there was a place on Gandy Boulevard and for the audience, that's a way down South Tampa and I was working midnights and every time I drive by, I'd see the old guy sitting on the stool of the, uh, the, the donut place sipping a cup of coffee and I thought, wow, but you know, as soon as a call went out across town, he'd go, oh, I'm behind that car, right? How did you get there so fast? He just he just knew, he just knew where to be and knew what to do. Uh, uh, everybody bolo, stolen car out of Alaska. Oh, I'm behind that car, right? No, how, how? And it was, there was just an aura about the old guy, especially, you know, Chip, when our, our drop plan first hit all those years ago and all those old sergeants and cops left all in one day. I think we lost 60 or 70 cops in one day. And it seemed less when things seemed to really change. Yeah, it, it, it's sad. A Anthony. You know, I, I, I like the article, too, actually. And one thing that I, I didn't even think about until the article uh, kind of uh, uh, made it a point is that a lot of these civilianizing these positions, it, it gives these cops less options. So, you, you know, you have an officer who is doing their 20, 25, 30 years and they're doing this pretty much the same thing, answering call to call. And you don't have. You know, they, they can't go to CSI because that's a civilian position or, um, you know, and of course, you have extreme cases like like Berkeley, California, trying to um, have basic traffic, at, you know, parking enforcement officers make traffic stops. So I just thought that was that's a good point, too. You can get burnt out pretty quick. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of times I got set straight in my early in my early years. So, you know, uh, I, I started at, at the age of 21. So, yeah, young. I was a little bit immature. I just gotten out of college, but I would do stupid stuff. So I remember joking mm -hmm. around with. Uh, with with just guys on the street, just said, "Hey, put your hands behind your back" or something like that. And then I had a a, a guy in my squad pull me aside and said, "Don't you ever do that again. Make a guy think that maybe you're he's under arrest." And then all of a sudden, what do you have a situation where he's going to fight you or something? He was absolutely right. I was just young, stupid, and immature. Um, I also used to go by my squad when they were down in parking lots. I used to get like a little cap gun that would like have when you pull the trigger, <laughs> it would like spark like a little like a little fire thing and i'd go yeah. by and i'd like i'd like ambush them and do stuff and they they ended that really quick they ambushed me um held me down searched all my pockets and destroyed all those that kind of contraption stuff that i had in my pockets and stuff they just manhandled me it was like the whole squad so but just stupid Man, stuff right. that you just don't think about you but, guys shot doing that <laughs> oh yeah yeah good you don't think about you know at 21 no. i'm not thinking about that you know i'm just just young and stupid you know but you get that you get that experience and then you get to return the favor to other guys so yeah uh the first time i found a gun that someone had missed on a bad guy and it was in the back seat of the car with the bad guy you know um and uh i i, I put the fear gun on the officer enough so that it wouldn't happen again but no paper i didn't bring it to a supervisor attention no need to do that you know but um 
you know, there's right ways to handle things. So yeah, that institutional knowledge. Yeah. Like you guys are saying, absolutely. It's important. Yeah. Chip, I remember years ago, um, I'll think of the guy's name. He was a corporal, old, long-time corporal, great corporal. Um, everybody smoked back then. He's smoking out there on the scene. And a bad guy broke bad. And, and, and this corporal just punched the kid to the ground, just punched him to the ground and said, if you get up again, that's going to happen to you again. He didn't even miss it. <laughs> oh, 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 Herman Walker. Herman Walker. Corporal oh, Walker. Herman. oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Herman Walker. There's a lot of Herman Walkers out there. Yeah. Anthony, did you have something else you wanted to add? No, no. This is the statute of limitations for Herman Walker's long past, so that's good. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, you watched the show. Yeah, All exactly. Right. All right. So, uh, so anyhow, so yeah, it's it's a value. I don't know how you fix that. Um, you know, Brett made a comment about you know when things like deferred compensation things started kicking in. You know, a lot of cops started you know vamoosing, you know, leaving you know leaving the agency. I, I I'm not a big fan of having older cops. When I say that, I mean cops. You know, when they get when you get into your fifties and especially your sixties, I really think that you need to start. You need to have a lim, you need to have a very limited number of cops that are in their fifties doing law enforcement work. I'm sorry, uh, bad guys always are eighteen to twenty one years of age, and you know even up here and and the way we're built, most most of the time, we just don't see it or we don't acknowledge that things are just changing. You're not as sharp as you were. You're not as fast as you were. Um, but you know, you need to start getting out of police work, you know, when you're in your fifties. And when I see cops that are doing this work in their sixties, it's just, it's just not a good idea. So that said, you do, you can have institutional knowledge with cops that are in their thirties and their forties, um, and, and even early fifties, you know, so, um, uh, it's very possible, but yeah, we don't have that. Um, so moving along, let's see, we got a, another great one coming up we've got what, two minutes before our first commercial break. So on police one.com, we have I'm gonna. You guys are gonna laugh so so hard that your head's gonna hurt. I I predict. Kentucky uh, constable arrested after joining a state police pursuit without authority. So how in the world does this go down? You know, normally when you hear a constable, you know everybody think you know they have different names for police officers, or sheriff, deputies, or state officers, and all this stuff. So we're in Glasgow, Kentucky. A Barron County constable is facing multiple charges, not just one, but multiple after Kentucky State Police jammed him up basically they said they joined in a police pursuit that he did not have the authority to be a part of listen to the story it's very interesting there's more to the story than what we have obviously but law enforcement officers began pursuing a stolen vehicle so it's a stolen car in Barron county on tuesday and as the pursuit enters another county hardin county they discovered that the Barron county constable joseph Ramy, he's also part of the chase and uh Ram Ramy is driving in a reckless manner at a high rate of speed, nearly striking the cruiser of several other law enforcement officers during the chase. So Ramy, he's 29 years old. I wonder if that's called institutional knowledge, by the way. But anyhow, he's 29 years old. He took office in January. He does not have any law enforcement certification whatsoever. He's driving a Honda Odyssey with green and amber emergency lights on. The van had a star in the words Kentucky Constable on the side of it. So a trooper, Scotty Sharp, said the person that the person police were pursuing was later arrested without incident in another county when the pursuit actually ended. But state police said a warrant for Ramy's arrest was issued as a result of the investigation. And Ramy was arrested on Friday. This is the constable. So Ramy, the constable, is charged with six counts of wanton endangerment, impersonating a police officer, official misconduct, following an emergency vehicle too closely, using flashing lights or sirens on non-emergency vehicle, and failure to give the right of way to an emergency vehicle. Wow. Did they stroke this guy? to a new tomorrow or what so look we're going to finish talking about this one second our first commercial break will be right back all right you know motion dsp they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years 
with a robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. And Emotion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology that automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly analyze and process any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail and you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low quality video in minutes instead of hours so you can learn more about all these products and capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com let's talk about medicare insurance options there's over 80 options in just hillsborough county alone now the benefits can change annually so how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs the answer is simple contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656 especially if you're in the tampa bay area talk to james or bobby meet with them in person they'll save you money on your medication co-pays find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for so again mymedicare.live all right guys Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about a, a Kentucky constable that got jammed up. Six charges uh, by the uh, by the trooper. So uh, so it, there's an article here that says that the state legislature pa- passed a, a law last year that prohibits newly elected constables from exercising general police powers unless they've been certified uh, through professional peace officer training. Totally agree with that. The Kentucky Constable Association filed a lawsuit that tried to stop this law from being implemented, uh, saying that it violated the state constitution, but the court records indicate the suit was dismissed in December. So Ramey, our constable that ended up getting arrested on six charges, he was elected in November to serve the Barron County 7th Magisterial District. But listen to this. It's not his first arrest since his election. Court records show that the constable was also arrested on charges of assault, domestic violence and unlawful imprisonment in the early hours of January the 1st, New Year's Day, after a woman called police to report that Ramey, her boyfriend, had handcuffed her and held her against her will. Wow. Now I'm thinking, you know, producer Dave here is thinking, I think I maybe uh, had that guy in one of my jail cells when I was working corrections, you know, but yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a story there that we just don't know the full, the full, uh, the full, all the information on. Uh, Attorney Anthony Bandero. Well, a couple things. Number one, he may have a defense. He may be practicing his handcuffing techniques before he goes to the academy, number one. Ooh, All right. He actually may be a proactive uh, future officer. The other thing is I looked up, like, you know, constables, like you said, are they have different definitions, right? A constable in Texas is different than a constable in Kansas, in Kentucky. But anyway, I looked up an article that says, uh, you need a sick horse killed for $3? <laughs> Call a constable. So they get they have like a fee schedule. So it's actually, uh, you know, $3 for, uh, for killing or burying a sick horse mule. They get $1 for killing a mad dog. That's what the law says, a mad dog. And they get 50 cents for moving a vagrant along. So, <laughs> but what they really do for those people who are wondering what this, what this constable is all about is that they are elected officials and they serve court paperwork, right? So they serve, you know, eviction notices and, and subpoenas and so forth. And they get up to $70. Um, I do have to tell you though, Chip, when you described his car as a <laughs> Honda Odyssey with the badge on the side, um, the only thing, okay, so the only thing I think legally, I'm, I, I don't know how this works, is um, he's, he's, he had the green and, and yellow lights. Is that really, 
Wait, didn't you say he got like a like emergency vehicle violation? Right? Is that is? Don't you need like red and blues? I, I don't know. Normally, Maybe yeah. Normally, you've got it's it's a stroke. Look, it's a violation of law. You can get arrested just for having the red and the red and blues installed on your vehicle. Sure, um, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. But he had well, green, green and yellow. Like, I mean, I don't know. That might. I just love it. They, they, I, I call that trooperizing them. You know, they, they trooperize this oh. guy. They get him. They hit him with everything. Dude, the only thing that would have been better is if we had a video of this dude driving in that car with these like amber. Oh, well, lights. you know, Could I'm going to do a full year request. I'm going to do a full year request. I'm going to get that video. But the other thing, though, my office, you know, they're watching us on Rumble, and my office sent me a picture of this guy. Oh, my God. He's a, you, you got to look it up. You got to Google his, his, his mugshot. It's pretty funny. It, it just, he looks like a weird guy. That's all I'm going to say. It adds <laughs> to the story, is what you're saying? It definitely adds to the story. He's a weird-looking dude. All right, all right. Well, uh, all right. All right. The, the Kentucky bio, then. I, I don't know. Uh, there you go. Brett. You know, I, I, I would pay a dollar. I'd pay the constable fee to see that video because that's got to have to be the funniest thing we've ever seen in our lives. A Honda Odyssey in a pursuit. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little vapored up. It's going to be great. Hey, Brett, yeah, don't you they put have- a push bumper on it. I mean, you guys, Brett, I know with your family background, you probably know, don't they have like a bunch of like moonshine and stills back there in that backwoods, Kentucky and stuff? I'm just thinking maybe that was a county where he, they just keep well, it I, the I know that, a little uh, bit too much. After a while, the revenuers didn't come up. <laughs> what? The re- you well, what would you say? Well, uh, moonshine. Okay. Yeah. Who used to enforce that? Revenuers. Huh. Okay. Where have you been? Have you never been? To- okay. Revenuers. Google Reven- it. All right, all right. I'm Googling it right now. Anthony? Nothing. I'm just saying, you know, back in Brett's day, I mean, you know, he was he, he was working during Prohibition, so I just, it's just, he knows a lot more about this. Oh, we got, <laughs> Brett's got human trafficking Look. going on again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, at least we don't, at least we don't have the little, uh, you know, the little juvenile human trafficker, you know, but yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. Our all jokes right. are bad. Fine. All right. All right, so moving along here, and of course, this is Butters on the stream right now uh, announcing new releases of new uploads, new content, and it comes out first at thisisbutter at rumble.com, so you guys got to check that out. But we've got a couple more minutes before our next commercial break, so uh, let's see what we got coming down the pike. And yes, we are at rumble.com. We are on our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. Grand Rapids officer cleared in an April 21st shooting death of a 69-year-old man, William F. Volker. Uh, don't you dare reach for that gun. I swear to God, I'll shoot you. I want you to shoot me. You don't. Don't. 376, County, shots fired, shots fired. Uh, but guys, that's not really the sensationalism of the story. Hit this cop getting cleared. It should be a no-brainer. But the Grand Rapids officer involved in the shooting death of a 69-year-old Grand Rapids man on April the 21st this guy will not be charged. The cop won't, according to the Wisconsin Department of Justice. But William Balker uh, was walking down the road. This is the guy that got shot when a Grand Rapids police officer stops to talk to him. Now, Volker was wanted on suspicion of bail jumping. So let's just take a stretch here and call this guy, start calling our, our Volker guy the bad guy. Okay. Now, the video is quite comical. I mean, it really is. Uh, during the conversation, the officer told Volker that he's looking for him uh, for bail jumping. And Volker unzips. His jacket, don't get excited, guys. He unzips his jacket. Jimmy, calm down. Get your hand off the sensor button. All right. He unzips his jacket and reaches for inside for a handgun. The officer warns Volker to stop, and the officer would shoot him if he did not. Volker said that he wanted the officer to shoot, and he pulls out a gun. Uh, the officer shoots the bad guy. Then he moves behind a squad car, reloads his gun, and calls for help. Volker ends up dying at the scene. 
just the exchange between the officer and this bad guy. I'll let you guys describe it, but it, it was just a sight, a sight to behold. And look, for our radio and podcast listeners, we're describing great detail what's going on because you know you're not able to see the video. If anyone's interested in watching this, you know, at nine o'clock the next morning after a live show like this, it'll appear at Rumble.com and a lot of other social media outlets. We'll actually embed the video in the show. Uh, but commentary on this, guys. I'm curious what you guys think, Captain Brett. That guy wanted to go. Now I was a little concerned with the with the officer let him dig into his other pockets, and didn't spin him around, didn't cuff him up. Should have cuffed him up right away, but he didn't do it. I'm glad he's okay. But man, what a what a day! Yeah. You just didn't see that coming. You're right. Hold that thought, Anthony. We got a commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about at Galls at Galls.com/slash Leo. Hopefully, Captain Bartlett can help me out with this one. And look. By now, you guys absolutely should be positively clear about Gauls and what they do. They are the country's leading uniform clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from uh, multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts, uh, duty boots, and tactical gear. And as, as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So, Captain, do you know what's going on at Gauls this week? Yeah, they've still got a deal where if you subscribe to the text message uh, system, They'll give you 15% off your entire order today or whenever you sign up. So whether you order $10 or $1,000, you're getting 15% off of it. I know there's so some 15, math. 1-5%, right? 15. 15%, yes. Beautiful. Wow. And, you know, we're still giving away $50 Golf gift cards every week, guys. So if you haven't got that gift card yet, you guys need to stand by. That's going to be coming up soon. We haven't given one away this week yet. So Golf.com slash Leo. Now, guys, moving around to our next sponsor, our newest sponsor, Global Ordnance. So get ready for a coupon code from Global Ordnance at globalordnance.com, your ultimate destination for ammo. You know, they provide high-quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs and ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So for a limited time, they're offering free shipping on all ammo orders over $200. Captain Bartlett just did that. The exclusive coupon code is Leo Roundtable. So visit globalordnance.com today and check out their selection of ammo. Use coupon code Leo Roundtable for free shipping on your order, globalordnance.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about this, uh, um, let's just say this incident where there's a video component to it where we've got a bad guy reaching in the jacket and pulling out a gun. I know that we had to go to the commercial break, Anthony, and you're getting ready to talk on that. So the floor is now yours. No, just a couple of things. I mean, I, I like what Brett had to say too, but uh, one thing you mentioned earlier, like in your career, when you, when you tell people stuff, you know, if, like they're under arrest or something before they're, you know, you start getting control of them. It's, it's a bad thing, right? It's like, it's like when you have a DUI suspect and you tell them while they're behind the wheel, Hey, I think you're, I think you're under the influence. It's like, get them out of the car first. But I guess my point is when, when the, when the officer told this person, I think several times that he was uh, basically a fugitive, it just is maybe just a, a, a pro tip to not necessarily do that. Right. Maybe pat them down. And then um, as they, as you pat them down, put them in handcuffs. But the other thing, it was probably the most blatant um, example of suicide by cop I've seen in a, in a while. Well, thanks. Well, Anthony since while you're talking, tell ah. us a little bit about blue to gold. No, I, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. So, um, so I'm uh, an attorney, as you know, and, and senior legal instructor for a company called Blue to Gold. Um, Blue to Gold is the largest search and seizure trainers in, in the, the nation. There are other people that train search and seizure. However, their companies normally teach a lot of different things. We are a boutique kind of company where we just focus on uh, search and seizure, the Fourth Amendment um, and the Fifth Amendment, but we try to be the best at it. And I think we've done a pretty good job. So I travel the country. I've taught over uh, 40,000 police officers. Um, personally, um, over 3000 attorneys personally, and we have about seven other instructors part-time, full-time. So that's what we do. So we're very, 
we're very uh, proud of our uh, our product and our service that we do to help these these cops be legally safe. Yeah, that that is amazing. Now I know uh, Captain Bartlett wanted to say a few words too about, about Blue the Gold. I tell you, Chip, if I was in charge of the police department, I'd have these videos at roll call training every single day, every day. Man. They're they're entertaining. They're enlightening, and I don't need to watch them anymore. But I still watch them because I still learn stuff, and, and they're they're just it's just really neat stuff. So um, when I'm elected sheriff of that little constable <laughs> county, I'm gonna. <laughs> hey, but, just, uh, Brett, that's a great point because Brett, yeah. you know, you're retired, but you are attending the training, and I do have free classes every week. So anybody and, and you know everybody's invited. This is uh, we have a big tent. So if you're retired or active duty, please. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's good camaraderie too. Thanks, Brett. I appreciate that. So how, if people are watching the show or maybe you have some, we have a lot of command staff people, even from sheriffs and chiefs all the way down that yeah. watch the show, mayors and, and community leaders. So if they're interested in getting, uh, making sure that you are involved with their agency in, in a training program, what do they do? How do they, how do they get a hold of you? What, what are the steps? Yeah, no, I mean, go to blue gold.com. We have like a little uh, chat widget that's live. It's not a robot. That's the, Hey, you know, what does it take to bring you guys out here? But the thing is, we are actually moving towards a model of training entire departments, not just, you know, we, we're always going to have like these open enrollment classes, um, you know, sign up, but, but it's the whole, like the whole agency needs to hear what we're saying because we are saving careers. We're also saving a lot of money and we're also giving cops confidence. I mean, you, you know, uh, Chip, when you were on the job, search and seizure was, you know, pretty much this is the way I do business. And that's how you learn search and seizure. Those days are over. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there is a, the liability factor for oh. not just the cop, but for the agency, yeah. but we're talking huge, right, Anthony? Millions. I mean, well, collectively, uh, departments collectively around the nation spend approximately almost a billion dollars in lawsuits and liability. A lot of that is, is the excessive force stuff, but it, well, you know, and it's, I haven't added up in a while, but it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars every year in, in settlements. Not all those are just, some of those are, you know, are um, frivolous, but they're kind of like nuisance fees. You just have to pay people to go away. Right. But a lot of them are multi-million dollar uh, legal issues that could have been prevented. Yeah, well, that's the key. And, and I'm glad you said that. That could have been prevented. So when you've got, look, sometimes it's just it's just the cost of doing business. Cost of right? doing business, yep. But however, a, a, a lot of these major settlements, I mean, we're talking maybe not even uh, not even like jury verdicts or, or court, we're talking about like settlements. A lot of this stuff can be avoided by simply having better training. And and now we've reached the point where you really have no excuse. If you're not giving the training to your guys, you know, then then shame on you, you know, because it's out there, it's available. Um, so, yep. Um, yep. so, exactly. So excellent stuff. And you know, um, Jim, thank you. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about training. I've said this a million times. The more you know about statutes, the faster you can make your decision and you know where to go. What we're seeing out there <clears throat> is hesitation. And, and I know this is true because these officers, they're going through, what, what am I allowed to do? What can I do? I don't remember, dang, is this going to be a good search? It's going to be, they need to know this stuff. The faster you can make a decision, the better off you're going to be. And the key to knowing and making a fast decision is know what the law is. Yeah, you know, from, right. a to, from a time a cop, a cop straps that gun on, they're in the Fourth Amendment, period. That's where they live. Until the time they go home, they're in the Fourth Amendment, so you better know it. Now, Brett, I know you've got uh, Exemplar Defense Solutions at ExemplarDefense.com, so if people want to check you out, they can just go to the website? Yes, go to the website. You know, Chip, I do private investigations. I do, uh, I'm do. i also a certified firearms specialist, so that's my gig, uh, and I also do all kinds of firearms training, so take a peek. And you, and you, and you attend Anthony's classes. 
I, I sure do. <laughs> I, okay. I sure do. We had a great, uh, we had a great Leosa class. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. All right. Yep. And, and Leosa, law, yeah, Leosa law, law enforcement officer safety, safety act. act. Yep. So, um, so uh, other guys know it as HR two one eight. Uh, but yep. uh, but yeah, important important stuff for act for active and retired. Um, on you know on good on good terms, you know, Leo. So, That's right. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, well, guys, uh, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that. You know, moving along, we've got another story with the video component. Yeah, we're still at Rumble.com. It's still on our favorite channel. This is better. So, LAPD they released body cam of an arm of a man that is armed with a ghost gun, and he's shot and killed by police. Just don't drive high. Yes, sir. Because you can get a DUI. So this happened on June the 28th, but it happened this year, 2023. Look, it's 1248 in the morning, so it's dark and it's early, right? LAPD, the 77th Street Division, uniform officers, they conducted a traffic stop. It's on a black 2016 Lexus. It's in the rear parking lot of a jack-in-the-box, all right? So that says it all, right? That sets the stage. As the officers conducted their investigation with the lone male occupant of the vehicle, officers hear multiple gunshots coming from a strip mall directly south of them. So not coming from the car. From somebody else. The officers, they see a male later identified as 44-year-old Michael Meadows, and through a short wrought iron fence that's separating the two properties, Meadows, our, our bad guy with the gun, he's walking west towards an, an occupied open business while firing multiple rounds from a handgun. It looks like he's firing at the officer. So the officers immediately engage this guy, and it results in an officer-involved shooting. Uh, it, there's a video component to this that's, that is just wild. Meadows is struck by gunfire. He drops the gun, falls to the ground, he subsequently pronounced deceased at the scene. So the nine millimeter semi-automatic ghost gun firearm, it was equipped with a threaded barrel, uh, you know, that you can attach like a suppressor to. It had uh, an empty six round magazine, Glock magazine, and no officers or civilians were injured. The traffic stop was unrelated to the officer involved shooting and the driver of the vehicle was not injured. But here you've got another case where you're focused, you know, on a, on a, on a let's just say a bad guy, traffic infraction or whatever, you know, in a car, you got a third party totally unrelated to this. You're not looking at that. And that's why we don't like even civilians. We don't want people pulling up, you know, that we, now we have to watch two people because we don't know if you're a good guy or a bad guy that and you're watching our every move. Like in this situation, this was a bad guy and started shooting at the cops. Uh, commentary on this video. We got about two minutes and 45 seconds. Anthony. Yeah. Just real quick. Um, uh, I think, I think the LAPD, some of the officers like detected, detected that something was a little off before, you know, they, they, uh, they, in their, their video uh, debrief, but the one thing I want to just kind of give kudos to LAPD, like it's one of my favorite agencies for a lot of reasons. Um, they, they, they police a multi-million dollar, a million uh, population city with about 10,000 cops. But the one thing they do is when they are, um, you know, taking a suspect into custody, they, they love to like say, slow it down, slow, slow, slow. And that's part of just using good tactics as you know that when you rush things, you make mistakes. But if you watch LAPD videos, they teach this. Like they, they, they do teach us, and it's very, very effective. I just think uh, I just want to remind our officers, like, there's now, times now, not Anthony, to be in a rush. I got to ask you, does Officer Tony McBride have anything to do with LAPD being your favorite agency? No. Okay, but, just check it. Because she, 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 she has a lot to do with, with it being our favorite agency. But, yeah, she's a – I don't know if you're, if you're – Tony McBride, she was the one that – they got in that shooting, and there, people were questioning shots five and six, which we thought were spot on, except for uh, 
uh, attorney Ward Mythaler that was on the show at the time. But but uh, she's going through some grief with the agency right now. Just got just got married and had pictures of her in her wedding gown with a, I think it was with an AR-15. And her and her <laughs> and her chief her chief told her to shut down the uh, I think it's the Instagram page. Told her to, you know the shut it down or we're going to shut you down. And she she said no. You know so it, it's it's it, well, yeah, I, got, I, I, I didn't know that her. story. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, Brett and I are big fans. So, uh, Captain Bartlett. Uh, so the whole ghost gun thing, what it's quite the misnomer. You know, bad guys don't care what's in their hands, stolen or real, serialized or not. Um, interesting little thing going on. ATF tried to change the definition of frame or receiver, and they got shot down in court by a, if I say this right, Anthony, a motion of vacator, VAC. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's done. It's gone. The problem Nationwide. Is, Nationwide, yep. yeah. Now, well. And according to my buddy Dan O'Kelly, who is the farm specialist, the best ever since ATF got rid of their old definition and there's no new definition. There's nothing. There's no definition or frame or receiver that they can hang their hat on. ATF has gone to the Supreme court and they're trying to get the Supreme court to deal with that, but I don't see that happening. Wow. Well, that's major news. Anthony, uh, about 10 well, seconds. They can look at the, the definition and by, passed by Congress. So there's a definition, just not their definition. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, good, guys. Well, look, uh, moving along. Hey, we've got another commercial break. It'll be our last one. We will be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy in their training. It's approved by major, major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they taught everything that LEOs, that's law, enforce, law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. So you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and all the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Gunlearn.com, you'll be glad you did. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, guys, any more commentary on the last video? And I think, Anthony, I think you have a question, too, from one of our, uh, from one of our streamers as well about Blue the Gold. Yeah, so um, so I put up a lot of content. I have over 550 videos on my YouTube channel. Um, so I am actually making more um, so making more videos. Uh, we actually just have our brand new studio, so I'm gonna start recording some more videos. And so George, answer is we'll, we should be coming uh, out this week. More videos. All right, excellent, excellent. Yep. All right, guys. So if we're ready to move on to our next one, then let's see. We've got a uh, updated article. It's on lawofficer.com. So, yeah, we're going to jump to Oakland in California. And, look, Oakland, famous place, right? I mean, there are so many problems with Oakland. Don't even get me started. But the Oakland NAACP, believe it or not, has called for the state of emergency and for, for do the crime. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's amazing that I'm actually agreeing with the NAACP, maybe not for the same exact reasons, but listen to this. Oakland, California, Oakland NAACP has called on city leaders to declare a state of emergency due to the rising crime, calling the situation a crisis, and they've urged residents across the city to speak out against it. So, but how did we get there, right? So the group alongside Bishop Bob Jackson of the Axe Full Gospel Church, they issued a statement on Thursday blasting both the city and the county officials, as well as social justice movements. 
failed leadership, including the movement to defund the police, our district attorney's unwillingness to charge and prosecute people who murder and commit life-threatening serious crimes, and the proliferation of anti-police rhetoric have created a heyday for Oakland criminals. And that's what the letter says. It goes on to say that residents are afraid to leave their homes, go to work, enjoy recreational activities throughout the city of Oakland. It highlights uh, a number of recent high-profile incidents in which women were targeted by young mob uh, residents of Asian descent were robbed in Chinatown, street vendors being robbed, and even news crews having their cameras stolen. African Americans are disproportionately hit the hardest by the crime in East Oakland and other parts of the city as well. Residents from all parts of the city report that they do not feel safe. So the Ameda County District Attorney's Office, they respond to the letter saying that, hey, we're disappointed that a great African-American pastor and a great African-American organization would take a false narrative on such an important matter. Wow. So that's that's how they're going down with that. Um, commentary on that. That was uh, interesting that the NAACP is now saying, hey, you know, we uh, you know, we don't want to defund police. We need the cops to get the to get it back to where it should be. Brett. You know, they're they're just shameless. They're shameless in their in, in the way they do business. They and, and nobody has said, I'll bet, hey, how's that whole defund thing working? I hope somebody brought that up in a meeting just to get it out of the way, right? I, yeah. Sometimes saying I told you so, it's, it, it needs to be said. But I, I'll bet in their minds, they don't see anything wrong here, okay? They, they wanted to defund, and now they want to fund, and they don't see the hypocrisy in their own, in their own words, in their own actions. Wow. Um, the, 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 the very people they're trying to help and so forth, you know, some of the, the, the poor residents of their city are directly affected by their policies. Now, I travel around the country, and when I go to California, I pretty much shelter in place. I don't really go out. Um, and I'm not in bad neighborhoods, right? I mean, but I just, but the problem is that you just, you have a sense of crime there. When I go to Florida, when I go to Texas, I don't shelter in place. But the point is that politics matters, you know, um, the tone matters. What you, what you say about your police department and your police officers matters. And it sends a signal to criminals and they're sending a signal to criminals in Texas, but a different signal is being sent in California. Wow. All right. Well, thanks gentlemen. Now, moving along, we're back at Rumble.com. This is but our favorite channel. So we've got Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Dallas PD body cam shows an officer shoot and wound a man who stole a U-Haul truck, and he shot at the officer. Stop it! Put your arms out! Do not fucking move! 
Guys, the video component of this is pretty wild. So the Dallas PD, they released this body cam footage from a shooting involving this police officer that happened on July the 25th. Uh, the uh, video shows the suspect driving recklessly through a neighborhood uh, before entering the tollway. So the truck drives at high speed. It's weaving in and out of traffic. Now, remember, you know, pulling the U-Haul, striking some of the cars. It also shows officers uh, taking the man down after he shoots at them. It all starts on Tuesday. Officers get reports of a stolen U-Haul truck. And it's in Northwest Dallas. A man driving the truck intentionally rams the police surveillance car and takes off. So following a short pursuit on the tollway, the truck crashes into several more cars and went over the center median, crashes into a tree on the west side of the street. This is all on video. Suspect eventually jumps out of the truck and he runs towards a private hangar area at the Frontiers of Flight Museum. And the, uh, the body camera footage confirms this. We have something similar over here in Florida. So a CRT officer gives chase the suspect ends up firing at the officer. The officer returns fire and he hits the suspect in the leg. Unbelievably, the suspect survives. Is being taken um, was being taken to the hospital when this article, you know, was written. Um, it's it's kind of um, interesting how this goes down in the in the officer shooting into like a dark warehouse. You can't really see what the officer sees, and then him uh, trying to limit the exposure as he's trying to make sure the bad guy's unarmed. But once they go in and go ten fifteen, you know, arrest the bad guy. But just because he's been shot, of course, he still has got the weapon and stuff. Anthony. I just have one question. I mean, you haven't answered it for me. Was that a ghost gun? <laughs> I mean, because it's point. ghost guns. Ghost guns are more dangerous than un non ghost guns. Alive yeah. guns. That's but, what um, right. Yeah. Well, hey, I think that the training point from that video is that um, the camera does not see everything that the officer sees. Just like you said, the camera really cannot see the guy on the ground and what he's doing, but the the human eye can. That's all I have to say on that one. But overall, I'm glad the officers are safe. All right. Well, thanks. Captain Bartlett, any uh, any way any weigh-ins on that? You're good. All right. So, guys, we got about a little over three minutes here. So, uh, you know, there's an interesting article that came out. You know, we're talking and we're going to jump to Minnesota at LawOfficer.com. The Minnesota justice system treats whites more harshly, is what it says. So, the state of Minnesota uh, has all, according to our article, have been destroyed by numerous police performance based on the narrative that blacks are treated more harshly in the criminal justice system. But a new study out by the American Experiment has blown that story up makes some wonder why the safety of citizens has been placed at risk based on a lie. So uh, until recently, the data needed to fact check. The claims have, has been unavailable. But David Zimmer, the policy fellow at the Center of American Experiment, took the data and what he discovered should make every citizen, according to the article in the state, furious at the political hacks that use race to further destroy law and order in the state. So Zimmer used offender data and other traditional data sets from 2021, compared white and black adult offenders as they traveled through the Minnesota's criminal justice system. So he stated that uh, black Minnesotans are, in fact, 
disproportionately represented in the criminal justice system compared to their uh, proportion of the general population. It says that this disparate representation is warranted due to one undeniable yet stubbornly dismissed fact that black Minnesotans commit a disproportionate amount of crime, especially serious crimes like um, that likely result in incarceration. And we've got a, a little a little more than two minutes, but the, it goes on to say that this fact is critical to acknowledge that if a serious fact based evaluation of current criminal justice system disparities is to take place. The data shows that blacks represent nine times more criminal offenders overall and 10 times more serious offenders than whites do. And if the system was system systemically racist and the system practitioners were individually biased, the ratios would actually worsen for blacks at each subsequent stage of the criminal justice system, but they do not. And it's not even close. So despite the narrative that blacks are treated more harshly, Zimmer found that the disparities that follow criminal offenders through the system were frequently more favorable to black offenders and less favorable to white offenders at every stage, including the incarceration stage. So interesting article. I know it's uh, isolated. Um, the article to Minnesota, Captain Brett. I'm surprised the author of that article hasn't been killed, eaten <laughs> and canceled. And I'm, I'm surprised that somebody's not reaching up behind you with a, and pulling the plug out of the wall because, oh, my gosh, that's just hateful speech. Yeah. It's, it's probably true, but it's hateful speech. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you see a lot of, of course, mostly places like California stuff where they want to um, change. Well, let's just fake, let's just take drug offenders. You know, uh, you, we're we're um, we're affecting a demographic of the of the population by enforcing drug laws. So, look, let's just get vending machines and put crack pipes in it and uh, and have, you know, clean syringes and stuff because we don't want to adversely affect them. And the same when they talk about sentencing guidelines and stuff, when you're disproportionately affecting a, a segment of the population, people want to start taking it easy on that segment, uh, which is not necessarily the answer. Uh, Anthony. Well, I, I don't know. I haven't read this whole study, so I can't really speak on it. But I but it does remind me of the FBI studies where they show that officers underutilize force when they can. Right. They 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 don't shoot when legally they're allowed to be justified. And it's just and, and the point is, that it's, an, it's a narrative. Right. You would never in a million if you if you polled 100 people, civilians, ask them, you know, who gets treated more harshly in the criminal justice system? You know what the answer is going to be white or black. Right. But then you have this study, which kind of goes against the narrative. And it's, it's a good it's, it's it's some good points in there. So that's all I have. All right. Five seconds, Brett, if nothing, if nothing from anybody. All right. Well, look, great show. Thank you, uh, Brett and Anthony, for being on the show and uh, and great commentary. You know, I usually take this time uh, in addition to Blue the Gold and, of course, uh, you know, Exombra Defense Solutions at ExombraDefense.com. Uh, talk about Randy Sutton's company, which is the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. And they're helping cops out in a world of hurt, suffer from things like PTSD or medical issues, the department's not covering for them, or maybe they're not even offered a disability retirement out. So the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org, if you're looking for an organization to get involved with or maybe support, please check them out. Now, I want to give out another shout out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, Galls, GlobalOrdinance.com, that coupon code, Leo Roundtable. Don't forget about that. Uh, we got GunLearn.com, Medicare.live, Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Also, Brian Burns, the Free Press, uh, uh, the TampaFP.com or TampaFreePress.com and Red Voice Media. We appreciate the support and the love, guys. All of our streamers, great show. Um, we've also got, you know, this is Butter, you know, streaming with us as well. We have a great fan base. We're going to be giving away that $50 Galls, uh, Galls gift card coming up. Uh, maybe uh, one of the next three days. So check it out. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for your support.